your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Joining me this hour, Mayor Tim Cabot on the phone right now. And Mayor, I will just say, I got Brad Williams in the studio right now. Brad Williams is going to give us his his tribute to Alex Trebek and maybe Sean Connery, Brad. I don't know. We can we can test your uh, your ability uh, of impersonations. But Tim, if you have questions about Brad's experience on Jeopardy, feel free to throw it at him. But Brad, what year you were on Jeopardy? What year was that? Try that one. Okay, so of course we have technical difficulties because the mic isn't working, and I'm I'm not holding my breath for this this microphone. How is that? That's terrible. All right, Brad, here you go. Brad, you're going to talk, and I'll let you and Tim. You and Tim do the interviews. Well, there we go. Yeah, 1990 was uh, taped in January of 1990, and uh, and shown in June, and not everybody necessarily got to see it. it was uh, shown on the same day that uh, then-President Bush and Gorbachev were having a summit meeting at the White House, and they cut away from me in Madison and maybe other cities, too. Lacrosse got to see it, but uh, Madison did not get to see me uh, run the category on movies. So, but that was, uh, it was a, a really good book. What would you like to know about the, the experience with, with Alex? Well, what was it like to actually get to meet with him? Did you get any time before or after the show to, to kind of sit down and chit chat with them a little bit? It would be fun. I mean, uh, it, but they, they don't allow that because of course, uh, years ago they had the quiz show scandals oh, and, sure. and so they're very careful. They don't want to give any impression that Alex is going to help out anybody on the, uh, on the show. So, I mean, they had, uh, they taped five shows in a day. If you're still there after the Wednesday show, you get to be part of this dinner and everybody has dinner and Alex comes in, but he can't sit with the contestants and talk because they're, they're afraid, you know, of passing uh-huh. along something. So basically the amount of time you get on the show is what you get with Alex, but that was still cool because he was asking me about radio news uh, during the interview segment and uh, you get a little chit chat afterward, but uh, so that's, that's basically the time you get on the air is the time you get. And that's uh, pretty much the same thing I would imagine on any uh, game show that's on TV or radio that you mm-hmm. do. But it's, what, was your, what was your favorite memory or what's your favorite memory of that experience? Ah, well, there are all sorts of, I, I did come in second. Now that was uh, the, uh, the guy who won that day had just a little more money than I did going into Final Jeopardy. I didn't get to uh, land on any daily doubles. That was part of it. Uh, mm. I did. I was the only one to get Final Jeopardy right, which was good, which I came wow. in a close second. Yeah. And uh, people not quite knowing how the show worked. Was, well, if you were the only one who got it right, why didn't you win? It's like because the other guy had more money. Is what yeah, <laughs> that worked right, out. Right, right. And I was the only one to uh, run the category of the 1984 movies, get all of them right. It's like bing, 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 like that. Yes, Steve Martin and so on. So uh, those were good, and just the whole fact that you're there. I mean, you were you're standing in front of that big board. You're at the uh, podium, and Final Jeopardy, and you hear the music. Dun 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 dun. It's like I'm doing this for real. This is cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I would think that that would be pretty cool. So, do you were you still a fan of the show after you, you know, for the last thirty years? Have oh, you, sure. Yeah. Have you watched it on a fairly regular basis? I don't get to watch it necessarily 
uh, all that often every day. I'll I'll watch it when I get the chance. Yeah. And it's still cool. And naturally, I, I still like to do a lot of uh, trivia contests around here. You know, people people have seen me at uh, at pub quiz around here um, in many locations around lacrosse over the years. And so that continues to be a good time. Right. Have, you, have you, you ever, can, uh, you know, have you ever walk into of... any place and just do like total intimidation to the rest of the crowd, right? Like well, that, out, that has been known you know. to happen, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> it, is that I, I'll come in with my my team and I'll meet the team there, and people will see me. What are you doing? Oh, oh, this isn't fair. What are you doing playing this? This is what I get. But I don't yeah. mind. I don't always win. So uh, you know, it all depends what the uh, the specialties are, and sometimes we do really well, and other times eh, it's not our night. But uh, well, I think it would be nice. Yeah, it would be the nice. Thing that I guess you know the because it was pretty well publicized his battle with with cancer and just all of the you know rare, awareness that he helped raise about that and uh, his battle. I mean, it's obviously a sad time that. Uh, uh, that he's passed away, but I have to just, uh, you know, I think it's just pretty cool that, uh, you know, for that long of a time on, on a show, I mean, that's one thing that's pretty phenomenal, but it's also, uh, I think you were kind of doing some impersonation there of, of, uh, Sean Connery and just all of the, uh, the, the funny Saturday night live skits that poked fun at, at Jeopardy and Alex Trebek and, uh, um, uh, the Sean Connery characters and just all of that as well. So I think it's, even though they might, you know, young people today might not necessarily know that they, they know some of that from Saturday night live anyway. Yes. I, sh- I probably should put up, uh, a picture. Uh, there was a touring display of Saturday night live, uh, props and sets a couple of years ago in mm. Chicago that I went to. And one of the pictures I had taken of myself was standing behind the, uh, the Saturday Night Live Jeopardy, uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, cool. the Turd Ferguson, as Burt Reynolds called himself. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Were, I didn't were get you to nervous do when you were on the show, Brad, or did, ah. did that kind of, did that go away after you got kind of into your first couple questions? Not, no, not really nervous. It's like, I've been, you know, playing this game at home and, you know, and, and watching it for years. And it's like, well, yeah, it's about time. That I got, and here I am. I mean, it's a, certainly a weird experience to finally be in that atmosphere right there and be part of it. But um, I, I can't say that I was really nervous. It was. It took me a couple of minutes to actually get a, a question answered. But once that started, things uh, went pretty well. Yeah. Good. Did Did you talk any trash, or did any of the other? Contestants, uh, contestants talk a little trash, uh, you know, during the breaks or before the show, just to uh, no, get in each other's heads. No, not really. I, and no. Everybody was there because they want to win. Now, it, it might be a little different um, when you get into those big tournaments like they had earlier this year. They had the GOAT tournament. You had Ken Jennings and Brad Rutter and James Holzhauer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. these are like the three most famous Jeopardy contestants of the last few years. And, and they were right. throwing stuff around, but uh, by that time they'd already won a lot of money and they'd had a lot of success so they can afford to do that. But the rest of us are just uh, really happy to be there. What did you spend your winnings on? 
What Jared, winnings? Did you get any? Got... <laughs> did you get any sort of because you weren't the actual total grand winner well, at the end of well, the show? Did you get yeah, any it, type of uh, a stipend or a? Well, what in, do they call those on the lovely parting gifts? The parting, or oh yeah, there are a lot of parting gifts. I got some stale uh, snack chips and uh, some uh, shampoo <laughs> products, uh, that sort of thing. But uh, in those days, uh, they would have second and third place place prizes, and uh, my oh. second place prize was a week long vacation in Boston, which oh, was cool. absolutely cool. Went out there with with my brother and uh, we spent several days in Boston, uh, took a side trip to New York for one day and, and went to see things. Uh, we went to Fenway park to see the, the Red Sox win a game. It was in a- in April and we went to the Ken- cool. Kennedy library. Uh, we saw Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a fitness thing out in Boston common. <laughs> that was strange. Yeah, that, that is a definitely a city on my bucket list. I have never, made it there i've been i've been to the state of massachusetts but i have not actually been able to get to boston so that is one of those cities for sure on my bucket list and the just the history and and everything uh you know looks really really cool so boston is well, a great that, that place is awesome. if, if you don't have to drive that you got the chance to do that from your jeopardy winnings i mean that what a what a great story yeah it would it would be nice if uh they invited people back, you know, once you've been on, and now it's been on th- for 37 years, so they try to get as many people on as possible, and I'm sure they're, it would be nice to have a minor league. Okay, you were on Jeopardy, now you can compete on this cable channel and, and, and do it. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's what you have uh, the quizzes for, pub quiz. That's right. That's right. All right, thank you. All right, that was Brad Williams talking about his experience on Jeopardy, Bre- on, on Jeopardy. Uh, interviewed by Tim Cabot. Thanks a lot, Tim. That was great. We'll see you next week. No, um, I will say Brad didn't mention he gets a second place, got a uh, Boston vacation. Third place, got a dead fish head. That's what third place got. <laughs> For, all right. When, when we come back, Mayor Tim Cabot's on with us this hour. If you got questions, 608-785-7914. We're going to talk about the operating budget, which goes down tomorrow, Tim. Does that go down tomorrow? Correct. And then Thursday is the monthly city council meeting. We'll talk about those things and your questions after this right here. I'm with him. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk. PM 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Mayor Tim Cabot is on the phone with me for the hour. If you have questions, shoot me a text. Uh, Tim, tomorrow the, the operating budget meeting, or maybe it gets approved tomorrow. I don't know exactly how you want to describe that, but I downloaded the PDF and it's 130, 142 pages now I see. Um, and there's a couple of different versions, so I don't know which version is which. But uh, what what are the main takeaways for, for tomorrow as, as you guys, are you approving the proposed operating budget? Is that what happens? That That is the goal going into it, but it's it's contingent on, Obviously, what we hear at the public hearing, because tomorrow is the is the annual public hearing in relation to the operating budget. So that's always the the first step of that. And then depending on uh, what we learn, if anything, the council then makes a makes a decision of whether or not they want to move forward and adopt it. So uh, I think at this point we have a an excellent budget document, and and this is on an annual basis. It's really the city's largest policy effort and how we put the resources behind the priorities for our city for next year. So 
those priorities when it comes to our neighborhoods and policing and code enforcement and new housing and parks and, you know, repaving and repairing all of our streets and infrastructure, all of those uh, elements are included in this operating budget. And, and I'm, you know, pleased that we have put together an, another really uh, strong and very disciplined uh, budget here that uh, continues with uh, our keeping our tax levies. So the amount of, of property taxes that we are asking uh, our our residents to to pay, and the the total spending and all that, we're keeping that really in line with with what happened uh, last year and the last several years. Uh, this this year, the proposal there is a slight increase, and uh, part of our challenges with this buzz budget was the uh, you know the the impacts to revenues because we still expect to be dealing with COVID through at least a good chunk of next year. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's really what I'm most pleased about is that we're, we're keeping a very stable budget. There's the, the tax rate goes from this year. It's at $10 and 39 cents per $1,000 in value next year. It's going to $10 and 62 cents. So it's about a 20, three cent uh increase but uh with what we had to deal with when it comes to maintaining levels of service and trying to, to plug a hole in the budget with the lost revenues i think it does a, a, a excellent job at that yeah i was just going to say how how much you know maybe rewriting some of this stuff over the last couple of months just to go uh this, because it is 2021 with the pandemic and, and everything, I feel like everything's changed, right? Was there a lot of just editing yes. of this thing? And, and I don't know, is there, is there a section or a, a place where you go, this is the biggest change. This is the biggest uh, detriment to the pandemic where the, the, the city's going to be affected. Well, I think the, and in, in what we've heard from, you know, from residents and the input that we've received up to this point, uh, you know, you can imagine the departments that have had the, the biggest impacts. It's been the lacrosse center because they've been closed or, or very limited when it comes to, to revenues coming in. Our libraries have had a very significant cut. We had to make some some pretty dramatic reductions mid-year this year. Um, there are a chunk of those that are remaining, you know, long-term when it comes to reductions, but I'm pleased that the our, our library leadership and the library board are working on a plan over the next couple of years to bring back and to restore a number of those cuts. Uh, it's it's probably not going to be exactly like it was pre-COVID, but the the plan that the library board and and their staff are looking at is, I think, a really good one, and it takes incremental steps to get us back. Because, you know, what we've heard loud and clear is that our community loves the library and the services that are provided, and we're going to do everything we can to to get it back to the pre-COVID as much as we can. So I think that's probably one of the biggest impacts when, it, when we're talking about reductions. You know, just the overall spending uh, was reduced by about $1.2 million for going into to next year compared to this year. We, we have a, a slight increase based on our debt service because we're, we're paying more debt next year as projects like the Lacrosse Center and those, those start to come online. 
you know, the, the amount that we're paying for, for debt does go up slightly. So all in all, the, the balance there, I think, is a good one because it maintains our service levels for the most part and uh, allows us to, to focus again on making our neighborhoods uh, great places to live and, you know, safe and our public services and, and our quality of life, uh, you know, continuing to provide the, the focus on those things. You mentioned 23 cents. What, what your, our taxes or lacrosse's taxes are going up 23 cents. That seems pretty good, but is it like 23 cents per dollar or yeah, what, per, what is that? Per 100,000 or per $1,000 in value. So I believe the, um, uh, if you have a home that's valued at $150,000, which is our, our typical uh, house here in La Crosse, I believe over the course of the the whole year, um, it's about, uh, I want to say, $30, uh, a little over $30 of an increase on the city's portion. You have to remember people's property taxes include the city, the county, the school district, and Western Technical College. So, you know, so that that uh, that combination, uh, we we the city doesn't have any control over what those other uh, entities do. But as far as our uh, our efforts, that's what we're looking at for a change. All right, number three is calling in. I'll get him on here. Number three, you're on the air with the mayor. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll try a three way connection. Good morning, mayor. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. See, uh, are your plans for the old fire station up on the north side on Liberty Street, are you going to build a new one up there? No. So what what we're doing is the new fire station on the north side is going to be uh, the station on Gillette Street. So, well, I guess that's Liberty Street. So, yeah. yeah. So that is the plan is to build a new station there. They're working on the the acquisition of property uh, kind of immediately surrounding that station, and there'll be a new new building. The the yeah okay uh, well that's fine. I was just seeing the away. paper the other day that uh, one piece of land was bought for one hundred and five thousand next door to the fire department, and another one across the alley was paid one hundred and seventy thousand dollars for. I can't hardly see having an alley between two buildings for the fire department. Again, the the property that was acquired is to move forward with the plans that were that we're developing for that fire station, and that's been in consultation with the fire department, with the realtors that we have working with us. I'm not quite sure of what if you're if you're questioning going across the alley. I guess is that is that the question? Yeah, I think he was saying that. How do you build a fire department if if it's going to go across an alley? Like, because there be other homes there, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the specific, you know, plan uh, right in front of me. But I know that the uh, what they're looking at is obviously a much larger footprint than what's there right now, just because of the the size of the apparatus. And uh, they're looking at having a community space that would be there for neighborhood meetings and and possibly the a place for the police department. And, and others. So they are looking at a larger footprint because uh, these, you know, these types of projects really are intended to have to last 50 to 75 years. So it does require more property. And I believe some of that is 
um, there in case there's ever a need down the road to, you know, to expand or to do things a little bit differently so that the city and the fire department has that flexibility in the future. We got a text here from Brady Mayor, and uh, this is right up your alley. Uh, is there anything in the budget for repairing Airport Road and Lacrosse Street? So uh, fixing the roads. Yes. Yeah, so Airport Road is on the schedule for next year for for 2021. I forget the the total dollar amount for that, but it's a several million dollar project uh, because it's basically from. The, uh, where the, the terminal is all the way to uh, Lakeshore Drive. So it runs through the entire industrial park up there, and, and that's because it is an industrial area. The um, uh, it, It's a bit beefier street, I guess, is the best way I can describe it. They, they use a bit more material just because of the wear and tear because of truck traffic. So that is a project that is uh, in the works that will be done next year in 2021, Lacrosse Street is still on the docket by the state for 2022. And just to refresh people's memories, several of the major corridors in the city are state highways. And when they get to the condition that they're in where they have to, in essence, be rebuilt, that's the state DOT's responsibility. Uh, we work you know, closely with them and try to advocate, obviously, to get those roads done as quickly as possible. But the plan right now is that Lacrosse Street will be done in 2022, along with South Avenue, which is in the process right now. We've been acquiring property and working on plans for that. So that is also in the schedule for 2022. And then for next year, for 2021, Jackson and State Road, basically Jackson Street from, from 3rd Street all the way to just a little bit west of of uh, Losey Boulevard will be done next year in 2021. So there's several major corridors that are going to be uh, in the works next year, which will be which will be good news. Do any of the road projects take a hit because of pandemic and looking at this budget for for next year? Do the anything some communities like that? did that. Some communities just because of some of the uncertainty, they they kind of pulled back and and they didn't do. They're uh, what they usually spend as far as uh, capital budget projects. We approached it differently. We felt that it was still important to move forward with these infrastructure and, and repairs and, and fixing streets and, and working on our parks, uh, not only for the, the need, because as uh, Brady pointed out, I mean, those are two uh, stretches, Airport Road and Lacrosse Street, that are, you know, really need the, need the work. So that was part of it, but it's also because most of the times we have local contractors who are doing the work. So the thought of uh, getting work for those local contractors and to keep them, uh, you know, uh, engaged in these projects and, and hiring people and, and doing this work, I think is also really important. So we, we took a different route than other places. We decided that we were still going to approve our normal capital budget, and uh, that's what we're doing. Is there going to be repercussions from that just down the road because, you know, <laughs> because of pandemic and funding and the way that happens? We are uh, set up really, really in a good position financially and fiscally with with what we do in the city. We have a reserve fund uh, of about, I believe it's 12 or $12.5 million that we actually did not tap into as a part of this pandemic. So 
again, there were some other places that felt like this was an emergency that that warranted tapping into that rainy day fund or or that reserve fund. We did not. We did some other things to better manage uh, the the fiscal impacts. We we made mid year corrections and unfortunately some reductions to things like the library and lacrosse center that I've already mentioned. But we've we've come through that now. This budget for 2021. Uh, is a, a very solid uh, approach. It continues our services really with, without a whole lot of changes. And we have our debt service that, you know, the, the loan payments that we've got to make uh, because of, of what we borrow, um, you know, we're, we're envisioning that at some point it might be 2022, 2023, you know, we'll start to see improvements in things like our room taxes and, and whatnot because those took a significant hit, and, and we'll still see a decrease in 2021. But going down the road, we'll start to see those, those types of things rebound. So that, that's one of our challenges, actually, as a local government in Wisconsin. The, the state handcuffs us. We really don't have any other sources of ways to fund services except for property taxes and then things like shared revenue that the state provides. And fortunately, the state kept those levels the same for 2021. So they did not make any dramatic cuts. It remains to be seen what happens in 2022 and, and 2023, but uh, at least at this point, our indicators that we'll be able to manage our way through this financial downturn without having to do significant cuts to services. All right, that's Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. He's going to be joining us for the rest of the hour, but we got to do Scott's comment coming up. And Brad Williams back in the newsroom. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot on the phone with me for the rest of the hour. 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, I'm getting a couple of texts here, Mayor. Let me see if I can figure this out. Can the city operate at 25% capacity and the and budget like a small business is asked to do until the health department thinks it's safe? Uh, what do you think? Are, are we talking, you know, 25% of our police department and fire <laughs> department and street departments? Is, is that the question? Right. I, well, I, think, I, I would say that that's that's not the answer. The short answer would be no. So we we have done everything we we've can to um, continue the levels of service. I have not had any calls from anybody saying that we should be reducing our levels of service. We've we've actually heard the opposite. People have been upset that we've had to make some of the cuts that we that we did again to libraries and to our recreation programs and lacrosse center and a few of those other changes. So I would say that the, uh, the short answer as far as reducing capacity to 25% is, is a, is a no. And as far as the budget goes, again, we got through this year by cutting $4.5 million from our budget. And so we, we did a, a massive reduction. I forget the exact percentage, but, I believe out of our our non um, the, uh, the 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 revenues that we receive, um, 4.5 million is probably close to 12 or 13 percent of of our our revenues, and then we've made those changes as well for going into 2021. So we are uh, budgeting very 
uh, in a very disciplined way. Uh, if people want, you know, 75% of the police department cut, 75% of the fire department cut, uh, you know, and on and on and on down the list, you know, they should let me know because the budget process is getting close to concluding and we have our public hearing tomorrow. I have a feeling that that's uh, not the case. I have a feeling that generally people are pleased with the services that they receive for the dollars that they pay. Uh, the state legislature, we, we talk a lot about how it hasn't met since mid-April. The last time it did meet, it passed COVID-19 relief. Um, and, you know, if if the now the elections are over, maybe the state legislature will meet because they know who's going to be in office come the next term. Uh, what would you what would you request from the state? What what could the state do uh, to help the city of La Crosse, to help state the, the city government and, you know, the people that live in in the state? Well, I, let me just say this. I think uh, just on one issue before I talk about a couple of these other other initiatives, the the speaker, uh, I know Speaker Voss is calling for some sort of some sort of a review uh, about the election, uh, and, and you know, in essence, by default, I guess suggesting that there were problems. Uh, I have to say that our election here locally in La Crosse was just an absolute phenomenal effort and a tremendous success, and it's now the third election that we have conducted locally as a part of uh, under the COVID uh, situation. April, I mean, that was really, uh, people were, were were trying to do the best they could with, it's, it seemed like there were court rulings and and things that changed by the day. Um, this, this being the presidential election, obviously, and having such a phenomenal voter turnout, and to do that uh, in, in, a, in a way that, you know, again, uh, our our clerk, our our city clerk Terry Lurkey. This is her last presidential election because she's retiring at the end of the year. And just the phenomenal work of her and her staff and all of the election workers and the poll workers is is just truly uh, something to be proud of and and so patriotic. I, I'm you know looking at some of the the national news and and people vilifying poll workers and suggesting that they should be arrested. And, uh, and unfortunately, it seems like that same mentality is being, you know, brought up by the speaker to, uh, you know, cast doubt in our election. And, and that just really is unfortunate. So it is, it is what, you know, uh, what we have to face today, I guess, unfortunately, that, uh, uh, you know, people can't accept defeat, and they're not willing to to do that. But I think the uh, I think for us, you know, it would be great if the state legislature would meet. I, I, you were right that they've only met one time, and I think they um, they came together for one minute uh, when the governor had asked them to, to to deal with gun violence, and and they they uh, didn't do anything then either. So our state legislature, I, I don't even know if I have. Uh, words to describe the, just the level of disappointment and and lack of leadership anymore. Um, you know, we have so many issues that we are dealing with here locally without any support whatsoever. And things like the, the dark store loophole and the Walgreens uh, issues without getting into all of the weeds and the details, 
in essence, what the dark store loophole does is it shifts the property tax burden from large big box stores to residences. So we were talking about property taxes earlier and the fact that we've really tried to do everything we can to hold the line. Unfortunately, even though we have less property taxes today as a, as a total compared to what we did, you know, eight years ago, the, many of that or much of that is being shifted from big box stores to residences. And that's unfortunate. The state legislature has the ability to make those fixes. They refuse. We also have asked the state legislature for several years now to stop the over-reliance on property taxes to fund local services, which I touched on a little bit earlier. Many states around the country have all different types of, of ways that they fund their local services. And we in Wisconsin rely almost solely on the property tax, which gets everybody in a grumpy mood because few people like to pay property taxes. The way the system is set up is everybody gets their, their you know, bill right around the end of the year, around the holidays. And so we do everything we can at the local level to reduce and to cut and to maintain and do all those things, and the state legislature has the ability to give us more tools to provide services and to reduce the reliance on property taxes, and they refuse to do that. So those would be two issues right there that can make a big difference in everybody's pocketbooks, especially with the economy being the way it is and people being out of work. Um, I, I think it's you know just totally irresponsible that the legislature has not met to talk about additional um, uh, benefits and additional uh, economic stimulus to keep businesses uh, in, in business and, uh, and to do things for people, whether it's unemployment or other ways to help support our fellow citizens. Uh, we, we've been doing everything we can at the local level, but our limited dollars can only go so far. So uh, those, those would be issues that I would uh, think that the legislature should have been doing all along. They have not. So now we move forward, and hopefully with this, you know, at some point they will they will meet and start to grapple with some of these challenges. Yeah, we and we've lost a, a couple of, you know, if you just want to point to down the street here recently, we lost pizza doctors as closed. Other businesses have closed. Um, I'm getting one text that's blaming the 25% capacity order, but um, I guess people don't understand that right now people aren't going to restaurants. Whether the, these restaurants are often not at 25% capacity. I would say maybe the bars on Halloween are, but uh, yeah, is there, is, is that a state thing where the state could help, you know, these businesses sustain or would that, would you look yeah. to the federal government a little bit more on that? Well, it, it would be both. I mean, it would be both federal and state. When when this when this first hit, the federal government passed a very large stimulus and got, you know, dollars into people's uh, in, into people's pocketbooks and uh, provided uh, dollars for our small businesses. The city did the same thing. We distributed more than a half a million dollars in grants to about a hundred businesses to help keep uh, a thousand jobs here locally. But that was one a one-shot deal back in, you know, April, and there's been nothing since. And it's just really, you know, frustrating, and I know for a lot of people, scary and, and, uh, and beyond angry that they've not been able to get together at the federal and state level to continue that. Because the reason why 
I believe the businesses are struggling is that there is a lack of consumer confidence. The people are worried about the coronavirus, and we do not have it under control whatsoever. I mean, we're in essence the Wild West here in Wisconsin with hundreds of cases on a daily basis, with, with seemingly very little that can be done to, to stop it. And that's what's preventing people from going to rest, uh, restaurants and, and businesses. It's keeping our kids at home instead of being in school it has all of these very negative impacts, and that's, again, where the state legislature has been, you know, they've been out to lunch, so to speak, or on vacation, I guess. Yeah, they're not and going, it's, it's, Tim, they're not going out to lunch. They may be getting takeout, but they're definitely not going out to lunch. <laughs> right, so they're, they're on vacation or gone fishing or something. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's very frustrating. I think the, uh, the the 25% capacity, you know, the, the Court of Appeals now has overturned that at the state level. So that order is, is no longer in effect at the state level. And at the local level, the 25% is, is again, an advisory. It's really more of a guideline. My, I, I don't know of any, any place that has received any enforcement or uh, citations or, or tickets because they have exceeded the 25%. It's really intended to get businesses and people to do the right thing. And the fact that we're, you know, arguing about wearing masks and, and these types of, of efforts is hurting all of us because it's, again, keeping kids at home instead of being in school. It's hurting consumer confidence so people don't want to go out and spend money and to do the things that they used to do. And if we could get the coronavirus more under control, people would would be able to start to resume these economic activities. And it's not as if we don't have examples. You can look all around the globe. There are many countries who have done much more and have been able to, uh, you know, have a restoration and a recovery. And, yes, there are flare-ups that are happening, and I know there's an uptick now across the globe again. But uh, we, we have missed the boat, and so we, you know, the next steps, uh, when there's a, a new federal administration, I'm sure there will be much stronger efforts at the federal level to come up with a plan that uh, that provides a national effort rather than just relying on 50 state governments to, to come up with a plan. All right, you have 20 seconds, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot. You, I think we're <laughs> five months out from the from the April election. Are you running for mayor in April? My, my, uh, I, I have not, I, I don't have a decision to tell you yet, Rick, but my, I'm getting closer. I'm getting very close here to making a, a final decision on that. So there'll be more to come here in the next few weeks, I believe. All right. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, thanks for joining us. All right. You bet, Rick.